are going to talk about Stop the world. I want to get off. It is okay to pause and mend our soul. Um, honestly, um, if, if you did not hear last week's message, please go back. Uh, if you're on YouTube, um, I've got the live stream up every week, but I'm also uploading just the message. So if you want to hear just the message without having to fast forward, um, I've got that up. So every week there's two uploads for YouTube. Um, just because uh, not everybody uh, is part of Hope Fellowship or wants to watch the beginning, but those that are connect, connected, we like it. So last week, we began to talk about um, things that are really kind of stressing us out and all the messages of the world. Um, and I wanted us to, to acknowledge the difficulty of the communication, the news feeds, everything was just pounding us. And so we ended up talking about being still, which is something very difficult to do for people. I know last week I said, hey, I'm going to try to be more still this week. Um, but I didn't achieve the goal I had hoped for. I, honestly, I really wanted to be still um, for longer periods of time. But something different happened this week. Um, there were more moments of awareness that surprised me. And I was able to be still in the moment or just before I normally would become more anxious. And that was neat. That was, that was the a beginning of uh, an, hopefully an ongoing growing pattern of what it means to be still and resting. So I, um, I found that to be really, really helpful this week. So hopefully, hopefully some of you will have stories too of, of how stillness um, plays a role in your daily life. And hopefully last week was a good challenge for that because uh, I want to make sure that I want to encourage you to do this, even some of the same things I'm trying to learn to do. We also talked about uh, Jesus going off to pray and the importance of uh, finding a quiet time. Not everybody has that ability to go find a quiet place. Some people it's running off to the bathroom, shutting the door because that's the only place you, nobody's around. <laughs> so, um, but I go back and watch. I think it was really good. Today, what I want to do is talk about do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Uh, and then next week, we're going to talk about rest and what does beloved mean. And then finally, we're going to end with Nebuchadnezzar, a dream of hope. And that one I'm really looking forward to because in these trying times, when the world is spinning into what seems like chaos, um, there is hope. There's a lot of hope. And if any of you have watched my end times series, look it up on YouTube. It's called a hope filled perspective on end times. And that's where we're going to go for this Nebuchadnezzar dream of hope. And I think you'll really appreciate it. So what I was going to do today, in fact, I had to change it this morning, but half an hour before I came online, I was going to end my talk today with verses to ponder this week, but as I was going through them and preparing the, each slide, I realized I want to start with this. I may not be able to finish. So we're going we're gonna to focus on this be not afraid. And just for fun, uh, this is the verse that uh, Jennifer and Bria sang. Uh, this is the uh, Psalm 53. This is from um, uh, verses 1 to 4. It says, Take my side, God. I'm getting kicked around, stomped on every day. Not a day goes by, but somebody beats me up. They may they make it their duty to beat me up. When I get really afraid, I come to you in trust. 
When I am afraid, I will trust in you. <laughs> Get it now? And, so, and then it continues. I am proud to praise God. Fearless now. I trust in God. What can mere mortals do? This is an important one. This particular verse is a reminder that we can be honest with God. We can go to God and say, God, this person's really ticking me off, or they're really grinding me at work. I'm getting a lot of pressure, a lot of negativity. I'm getting shunned. We can be really honest with God and, and still learn to yield and say, okay, there it is. I've vented. I now choose to trust in you. Really important to capture that because uh, it, it, it is easy to just vent. I'm seeing that a lot more online now. More and more conversations. People are just venting. They're just reacting. They're commenting on posts by reacting, not thinking. And if you haven't figured out yet, arguments on Facebook posts don't work. Have a private conversation if you really want to. Don't get broadcasting. I'm talking to myself here. I've had to delete a, uh, a couple of posts I almost hit send on. And anyway, this is relationships matter. And so, how we, we can frustrate ourselves and others without realizing it. And so take time, vent to God, not on Facebook. Um, uh, that's, that's what I find with David. He did that and he did a really good job. So that's the Psalm 56, three Deuteronomy 31. If you need some encouragement this week, in fact, these, these next 10, I just gave you one already. This is the number two, 10 verses to ponder this week. And if you don't have to write these down, you can go back and, and um, uh, rewind uh, once the live stream ends uh, or if you're on YouTube, once it's uploaded, just go in and, and scroll through these verses. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong, take courage. Don't be intimidated. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. This is almost like a psalm. This is very much like a psalm. Here we're told, uh, be strong, take courage, don't be intimidated. Why? Because your heavenly Father's with you not abandoning you. Your heavenly father is for you. He's, in fact, the, the, this verse was saying it runs ahead of you. Absolutely. Like Sometimes we don't trust God that much. Do you realize that? I, I, I've had moments of realizing that, huh, I've said and preached that I trust God. Then what's my rant about? Uh, is my rant uh, a venting to God and then yielding? I hope so. Because we're allowed to vent. We're, we're allowed to rant like that. But the, it must come to a yielding and a surrender. That's the whole point of releasing the frustrations of our soul to God. Because then it comes out, you know. Uh, it's like, I just got to get this off my chest. Do you ever say that to somebody you love or somebody you talk to often? You just got to say it. And then if you're like me, you're a fixer. You want to quickly fix it. But that's not what the person wants. They just want to get it off their mind, get it out, so they don't have to keep dwelling on it. So that's what this uh, great verse in Deuteronomy is. That, uh, it's, it's amazing uh, the grace you can find throughout the Old Testament. I, you just didn't realize it was there. Next one. Joshua 1.9. Oh, my goodness. Uh, again, this is a, a couple sections of, I think, verse 7 a little bit, and then verse 9. But this is a good encouraging one, too, if you want to ponder this week. In the same way, 
I was with Moses, I will be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. And then a little later, it says, haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage, don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. Oh, my goodness. Did you catch that? That's almost identical to Deuteronomy, which was written a long time before that. Seriously, here we got a God that's with you. Your God is with you. You're not alone. How many times do we feel like God's abandoned us? And honestly, it happens. We can feel it emotionally as if God is absent. And we'll hopefully we'll talk about it before the end of today. Jesus himself on the cross. You know, or there's a, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's not necessarily a, a, a verse that says God's not there. It's the human soul screaming out. It, it could also be Jesus declaring, hey, uh, this is the time. I'm declaring this is the psalm uh, that my God will not forsake me. A reminder, which is what we just read here in this text in Joshua. So twice now, if not three times already, this is good news for your soul. Next one, um, Psalm 23.4. Now, this is from the Passion Translation, so this is going to sound very different than what you're used to. Um, uh, it goes like this, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, by the way, this is like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. That's what this one is. So instead, in the Passion Translation, it says it like this, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you, have, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. I, I've never read that psalm like that before. The Passion Translation is a little longer. There's a lot more to it, um, but it's a powerful one. What, what about you? Uh, do you trust your God is walking with you? Do you feel alone? Listen, your feelings are not always reliable. You cannot count on your feelings as your primary source of wisdom because feelings generally flow from what you're thinking about in your head. Their reactions to what you're thinking about, what you're pondering about, what is, what's in your soul, what you're constantly dwelling on. That's where your feelings come from. They're responding to it. So if you're thinking fearful thoughts, then you're going to speak of and focus on things that are afraid. If you are um, enjoying a hilarious comedy show, uh, then you're going to be laughing. Your soul will be laughing because what's coming in, uh, the messages are humor, laughter, joy, ha, 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 you know. Um, it's like the laughing song. Did you ever hear that laughing song from the Imperials? It's really silly, but it's like a, a ticklish Reuben. It's called ticklish Reuben. I, uh, my father-in-law um, uh, liked that song. And so I always called the, the Christian radio station Sunday mornings. Pat Murphy was there. Uh, I think it was um, joyful country. That's the program. And uh, I called and said, Hey, can you play this song for Gord? And then this song comes on. Oh, my name is Dicklish Rubin. I've been tickled by a wasp. And then it goes, Oh, 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 oh. And by the time we're done, this is hilarious laughter. You, you can't help but laugh. Why? Because you're hearing this. It's entering your ears and entering your soul and you react. 
And now if you hear it enough times, you'll roll your eyes and go, okay, turn that off. <laughs> I get that. But here, this is about acknowledging the presence of God in your circumstance. So let's say you are fearful about these times. Maybe you are afraid of this virus. Maybe you're afraid of, of going to just a grocery store because people seem so inconsiderate with the mask rules. You know, and this is not a mask debate. Uh, this is about, we have rules that have been put into our, into our region. And please, no comments about masks. But there's an anxiety that comes. There's an anxiety that can hit you. And it, it, it raises your tensions just to go to a store. Well, it's, this is a, keep in mind, your father is with you, in you, walking with you. You need not be afraid. So maybe may these verses kind of hit you because they're, they're good. They're really good. Next one, Psalm 94, 19. Uh, this will be a good reminder. Uh, two different translations for you, okay? The New American Standard Bible and the New Living Translation. The first one goes like this. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. All right? It says when my anxious thoughts multi multiply. Do they ever multiply in you? They do in me. And they have lately with, you know, all these sad news stories and the political fighting that goes on, the, the bashing of reputations. It's wearisome, and I can become anxious. Here, Psalm 94 is saying when we get anxious, because we're going to. It's okay to acknowledge anxious thoughts. Hey, this is happening. Call it for what it is, but don't stay there. And the New Living Translation says, when doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Your comfort did. Your comfort gave me what I needed. Your consolations delight my soul is the other translation. But in order for the consolations and his comfort to hit us, where are we hearing that? And yes, we get it from reading our Bible. You can get it from there. It's not the only source. There's times of prayer. The Holy Spirit will speak to you, just like we talked about last week. Finding a place to be still, just to hear either the voice of God or the nature around you and just let it soak in. Jesus took off to pray to find that comfort, that consolation. Yeah, go do that. Be, be, you can be anxious. It's okay. because The reason I'm saying it's, you have permission to is because some people think it's a sin to be anxious and worry. Um, to live in that is, is really, you, the sin is you're not acknowledging the presence of Christ and affirming that. That's all that is. So I'm, I'm trying to say it, the fact that you are anxious is in and of itself is not a sin. It's a, it's a, um, a product of what is going on in your environment and you need not live there. You can surrender it as we have seen in a number of these Bible verses already. So next one, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but good word makes it glad. In the Passion Translation, it says, anxious fear brings depression, but a life-giving word of encouragement can do wonders to restore joy to the heart. I love that. Listen, good news can speak to anxiety. 
most often individuals who are focused or struggling with anxious thoughts, I'm not talking about uh, authentic um, anxiety, but even then, I, I know people that have authentic anxiety and are on medication to help them with that. But it comes from overthinking, thinking, 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 and processing and fantasizing and creating a movie that, of what's going to happen when it hasn't happened. And it, it becomes a vicious cycle. But we have freedom. And so what I'm encouraging you and I to do is find a way to speak good news to someone. Is there somebody this week, if last week was a lesson on being still, this week, be still, find time to be still because it's going to be a long-term practice, but also find someone to encourage. If you want to make it easy, begin with somebody from Hope Fellowship. If there are some people you haven't talked to for months, because <laughs> we're kind of isolated. Um, reach out to somebody just to encourage them. Hey, I was thinking of you. Send a text, send an email, um, something to acknowledge somebody that you haven't for a while. I'm going to do that this week for sure. Um, there's a number of people I want to call or, or text um, because it'll encourage. It may help them out of a moment of despair or depression and you don't even realize the power that you have to speak that hope and good news. Be a person of cheer, you know? Now, I hope you, I don't get a whole flood of really ridiculous video clips and to make me laugh. I got my own thanks. I, I don't need many more, although some of them are really funny. <laughs> oh, man. There's a, yeah, James. I'll pick on you, James. James sends me uh, uh, hilarious memes or links and stuff, and I just laugh. You know, we don't get to talk much, but it's, it's still that fun connection of just back and forth. So that's, that's kind of cool. All right. Uh, next Mark five verse 36. So Jesus, here's the scenario. Jesus is about to, uh, uh, he's been called to, uh, heal a sick girl, a daughter, uh, of this man. And they, the people from the home come running to Jesus and say, forget it. It's too late. She's dead. Okay. Sorry you screwed up or you didn't come soon enough. What was your delay? Blah, blah, blah. All the thoughts that could be going through someone's head. But Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. I know some of you are starting to think of that song. Don't stop believing. Anyway, my wife's rolling her eyes right now. Stop singing those songs. But anyway, um, he's saying, don't yield to fear. How many times do we yield to fear? So there's a couple things that can happen in this process. This man came to Jesus with hope and belief. Please heal my daughter. That was exciting. But then bad news came. And what does bad news do to us? it can really mess us up. Like it can really distract our thinking and put us into a, uh, a sidetrack. And, and really what we've done is we're yielding to fear. Like this, this week I had something terrible happen. My, my car broke down. My, my Santa Fe, I think the engine seized. It's, it's an intensive care. I, I'm out of a vehicle and I'm not happy, but it was a rotten day on Friday afternoon, but I didn't yield as much as I normally would. In fact, yesterday, I hardly thought about it. I'm thinking, that's pretty cool. And as I think about it now, I'm not going to yield to the fear. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I just don't know, but that really stinks when a 
when your engine's gone, okay, it's blown, it's finished. Wow, anybody that knows mechanics, that's an expensive repair job. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm hoping a warranty will cover it. But I'm not going to dwell on the fear of it. I'm not going to go home and start talking about it every 15 minutes. Oh, no, what's it going to be? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to yield to the fear. This man had news come to him that his daughter died. Jesus knew already how we're created and what that kind of news would do to someone. He knew that when this man heard the news of your daughter's dead, oh, my goodness, what would that do to you? When one of your loved ones is suddenly, you're told they've just passed. So, what? I remember when my father died, uh, I, I got the call and I thought I'd be fine. But I sat down and I wept. I couldn't call my brothers. I couldn't call my sister. I just was too choked up. But I thought I'd be fine. I knew this was going to happen. I had it all figured out because I'm a good figure outer. <laughs> and then reality hits. So, Jesus had compassion. He understood the emotions of humanity and identified with that man's pain and spoke immediately saying, don't yield to fear. Like what a time to hear good news. Keep believing. Don't stop believing. I'm saying that. (laughs) Oh man. So again, that's for you and me too. If you got blindsided with some news that came out of nowhere uh, or pending, whatever, don't yield to the fear. It's funny. We have a choice at a moment to yield to it or to go past it, to not take that exit. <laughs> oh, man. All right. 2 Timothy 1.7. This is the verse that sparked the, um, uh, this whole topic. It was 2 Timothy 1.7. I'm going to read it from two translations. This is really important. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. Let me read that again. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. In the Young's literal translation, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This is what you have been given. This is the same thing. Don't don't yield to it. Now, this particular context is speaking about the fear of mankind, humans, because they're going to be going out and sharing good news. So that's that's kind of the context for Timothy. Hey, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of men, women. Don't be afraid of humans. Um, You've been given good news deep in you. Share that good news. And that goes for all of us. If if you have a sense of hope of God in you, this is is a great verse to be reminded. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear run your life. Uh, It's not how you were created. It's not your true identity. You're not to live from that. You're to live from the Spirit of Christ in you. Anyway, I love, the, I love these, these two translations of that. Next one, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell them every detail of your life. Then 
God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. This is a very important uh, encouragement for all of us. Uh, you may have heard this verse before, but you probably need to be reminded. Don't get consumed with worry. Um, easy to say, uh, really easy, honestly, super easy to say, hey, don't you worry, don't you worry. Yeah, well, you're not in this situation. Well, <laughs> then learn to process the anxiety and worries that do hit you. Don't let it own you. Don't let it control you. All right? There's the difference. Worry will come. Anxiety will come. Fear will come. But guard, take each thought captive and give it direction. This thought, out of here. That one, nope. This one, let me think through that one for a moment. There's some legitimacy to it, but I'm not going to let it consume me. So, when we are concerned about the future, where are we, what about jobs? What about our house? Are we going to keep the house because we've lost income? Blah, blah, blah. All, the, all these authentic concerns and worries. Um, don't let your soul be dominated by that. Yield to Christ and realize he is going to work it out somehow. Whether you have to move, whether you just don't know the direction and, and how it's going to have a domino effect for your future. Because we're trying to control everything so well, right? I'm like that. I know that. It's kind of how, how I flow. So again, preaching to myself here. Romans 8, 38 and 39. I love this. This is, this is the 10th verse already. Oh my goodness, look at the time. Seriously? Uh, fine. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Again, look at the fear part. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor the worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is your left hook encouragement verse. This is, this is the final boom. Um, Paul is convinced. He's not thinking, oh, that's a great theological concept. You know, I'll have to ponder that and study that. No, no, no. He is convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. I think this verse is the most profound verse in all of Scripture that declares the relentless love of God towards us. If you're facing a fear, you're, please remember, be convinced you're not alone. The love of God is with you, in you, walking through this with you, walking beside you, is way ahead of you already, knows the circumstance, how it's going to turn out, and is there waiting as well as being present. You're not alone. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And look at the last verse there, or the last line. That is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I love that. Do you know why? Because... It, it, what I grew up learning was you got to believe in Jesus in order for that to be true. Then you're not separated. Uh-uh. 
there's nothing that can separate us from his love. Everyone is loved. Everyone has the love of God connected to them. They are not absent from God. And now, did you catch that line about hell? Not even the powers of hell? Listen, if Christ holds all things together, like literally every molecule, every fiber, every atom, blah, 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 everything that's ever been created, okay, he holds it together. Um, that means his presence is there holding it together. Well, this concept of uh, a fiery lake of fire hell, if that was created, then his presence would be there too. But, but we've been told hell is a separation from God. It's the absence of God. No, it's not. It is not. <laughs> it's impossible. Oh, my goodness. Just, it, I never connected the dots until a couple of years ago. And I, I love, love learning uh, what I'm learning. But go back to this verse. Uh, please remember, it's all revealed in Christ. The love of God is revealed in Christ. The scriptures point to Christ. Okay? Jesus uses the, his love to interpret the scriptures. We need to interpret the scriptures from the love of Christ. It doesn't go the other way around. You're not alone. That, that's what the point is here. All right. Moments of great fear. Take a look at this picture. Remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed, Abednego? Abednego, we call them. Uh, in Daniel 3, there was a lot of fear. I'm sure there was human fear. Now, it's not as uh, clear to us in the written story, okay? Remember, the, the Old Testament is a written-down version of the oral stories passed down, all right? So this is a summary. Like, most of the story, they don't have all the hyper details. But here we have the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're tossed in the fire for disobeying a, an order by the king to bow down and worship, all right? So their conviction was to, uh, th there's no way we're going to bow to a, an idol. So that was conviction. Uh, take a look at today. I hear people saying, well, my civic liberties are being robbed because I have to wear, you know, this, or I have to do this and I have to distance, you know, my rights. Well, back up. People are so rights oriented, which means self-absorbed. Anybody that's focusing on that is self-absorbed and only thinking of their own rights. They're not thinking of the, the needs of others, which is what agape is. Agape, love, in the Greek, means others-centered. We need to have a love approach. So here we have the, the, the rules of the land here where you must bow down to this idol. Well, that's where they drew the line. They didn't do all the other stuff. Like they still, there were some rules they could abandon, adhere to while being in Babylon. But this was one that dealt with their faith directly where God says, do not worship an idol. So they were thrown into this, this furnace because they declared, hey, if we die, we die for these convictions. But if our Heavenly Father, or if God, they call him God, they didn't call him Heavenly Father because they didn't have that intimate idea yet. Um, but they say, when, if God does save us, oh yeah, he's able to. And God did. And they saw a fourth person in the furnace. Like, great story. But I am certain there was human fear. Like, who wants to die? We are not wired to die and be in pain. All right? We run from it. So there must have been a human, oh shoot, we're in trouble as they get thrown in. It's, 
I can't imagine what this uh, to have that on YouTube would be amazing. But anyway, I have to look it up, see if I can find it. Just kidding. Um, but the idea of their actual fear and they still went in by faith. Fear is not a sin. All right. Uh, being afraid is not a sin. Living in it is unhelpful because it doesn't reflect your true nature of oneness and faith in Christ. I think that, that was, to me, that was a really good story. Um, Moses at the Red Sea. He was really afraid. He was, his leadership was being challenged. You know, uh, tough decisions. He made decisions that uh, all the people were angry at him about. Why'd you bring us out of here to die? And then he said, God, why did you, why'd you bring me here? Oh no, why'd you, what's going on here? So there was an authentic fear that Moses had. Then we have the widow and her son, and they're about to die, and they come to Elisha. Do you remember the story of the oil? Uh, I've talked about that several times. And uh, Elisha was there, and, and there was a miracle. She was afraid for her life. She was a parent. She was afraid for her kids and their, and their future. These are real fears. Oops. Um, then we have uh, Hezekiah. You know, there's a, s- a servant um, that says, hey, uh, we're in trouble. We're surrounded by this army. And Elisha prays that God open this guy's eyes. Let him see what's going on. There's another realm here. There's another um, dimension that's not visible. Open his eyes to see a dimension he can't currently see. And suddenly they saw chariots of fire and horses. And oh my goodness, it was like angels. Okay, so he saw into the spiritual realm. That'd be so cool. I've prayed for that so many times. Show me. I'd be like, so cool. Then we have Jesus in the garden, even on the cross. While he's human and he's in pain and suffering, he's tempted or blinded to the illusion of separation and yet declares the truth in darkness. There's Jesus praying in the garden, afraid. I don't know. Well, humanly, I'm sure it's human. Like, I don't want to get whipped and beaten and have nails driven through me. I think he knew that was coming and he was very anxious about it and he still surrendered. Huh. That's a really good permission. And Peter, Peter, you know, how many times do we pray, dear God, spare me from this. Don't let this happen to me. Well, in Luke 22, it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I've pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, not, uh, I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So that when you've repented, turn to me again, you can then strengthen your brothers. This is a great verse. From all, if you want some hope of getting through the difficulty, why didn't God spare me from this difficulty? Well, that, that, that's a good question. Then we have Paul, who pleaded three times, you know, please take away this thorn in my flesh. And, and God said, nah, nah, this is, I'm going to use this. And uh, you're going to, who I am is going to be revealed in you through this. It's kind of a very, very cool one. And then, of course, let's end with this. There is hope. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now, I forget where I got this quote from infinite. Um, I will have to look it up, but I, I got this from somewhere else. What does the infinite mean? I love this. Infinite means... Bigger than the biggest thing ever, and then some. Much bigger than that, in fact. Really amazingly immense. A totally stunning size. Real wow, that's big. 
time. Infinitely is just so big that by comparison, bigness itself looks really titchy. Gigantic multiplied by colossal, multiplied by staggeringly huge is the sort of concept we're trying to get across here. <laughs> oh, I love it. My goodness. Uh, your God is infinitely big to do more than what he can ask, than what we could ask for. God's at work in you already. So if you're fearful or facing fear, let me encourage you not to yield to it this week. Take time to encourage somebody. Reach out to somebody you haven't talked to and find a time to be still this week, even for just a few moments. Find that peace so that as we scream, stop the world, I want to get off, uh, it doesn't consume us that uh, we are more than conquerors because of Christ living in us. And that's really cool. Heavenly Father, I pray for Hope Fellowship. I pray for all those that are watching this or participating in this conversation. I pray that your peace in each of us will be revealed and more importantly, experienced. Give us that confirmation, especially for those few that really need it right now. Speak to them with a voice they can hear and understand, whether it's external brought to them through somebody or whether it's um, uh, something felt in their soul. Be the encourager to each one of us. Amen.